It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome into the week number three injury and waiver wire podcast at fantasypoints.com and the Fantasy Points Podcast. I hope you subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting platforms. My name is Joe Dolan, and every Tuesday morning, we're going to go through a list of injuries with Dr. Edwin Porras, doctor of physical therapy, and a fantastic staff member at fantasypoints.com. You can follow him on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc, and I want to remind people to go to fantasypoints.com. Even if you aren't a subscriber, which is stupid, by the way, you should be a subscriber. Uh, and you can use the code 21 porous 10, by the way, to subscribe. If you go to fantasypoints.com and you click on little research and news right in the middle of the of the top toolbar on the right hand side, you're going to see injury insights. That is free. And those are all of Edwin's little, uh, I guess, pocket sized thoughts on the uh, injuries of the day. Uh, Edwin, how are you doing today? Um, we have a list of injuries to get to. I'm not sure any of them are overly serious, but we have a list to get to uh, from fantasy relevant players. Yeah, I'm doing well, ready to talk, have my espresso. I guess you could say I'm ready to espress go and talk about all these injuries. Uh, some of them more serious than others, but definitely a lot of fantasy relevant players we need to, we need to touch on. Yeah, let's start at the wide receiver position. We've got a couple of guys. Um, number one is Amari Cooper, and it's uh, looking like it's bruised ribs. Obviously, he... Um, that game was kind of a disappointment from a fantasy perspective, and certainly Amari Cooper uh, was was part of that against the Chargers on Sunday. What what did you see from video? What are you interpreting with comments from Mike McCarthy? Yeah, so these comments are kind of weird. They're they're very vague, and when coaches are vague and not clear on a player's status, then it makes me a little nervous. Bruised ribs are extremely common in terms of wide receivers. I think of a 2019 Emmanuel Sanders. He played, uh, that was when he had just gotten traded to the Niners, and he was able to play, but he didn't play his total amount of snaps. He, ha- I remember he dropped one deep ball, but other than that, he had a very underwhelming performance. The thing about Amari Cooper is that if he's active, there's probably no way that you're sitting him, but for yeah. cash games, uh, DFS plays, I would not bank on a big day from Amari Cooper. Obviously, it can happen, but these rib injuries are extremely painful. It's hard to rotate. It's hard to move around. It takes just one shot, and that pain is exacerbated. He'll be playing probably with uh, uh, with an injection. They'll try to reduce some of that pain, but, I mean, he is not going to be at 100%. And if, if, the, if Jerry Jones himself said that he's, quote, hopeful Amari Cooper will play, then I'm a little nervous for what his, what his outlook's going to be like, which could mean it's C.D. Lamb's season, as it always has been. Uh, so let's let's I wanted to start with just wide receivers, but let's go to another rib injury because Daryl Henderson has one. And as we've been saying all offseason, and I think, you know, John Hansen's mentioned it on the website. He's mentioned it on Sirius XM, you know. We ranked Sony Michelle pretty highly, not because we thought Sony Michelle was better than Daryl Henderson, but because the Rams traded for Daryl Henderson, Edwin, because they didn't trust Daryl Henderson to stay on the field. And maybe the Rams haven't read "Injury Prone is a Lie," but it seems like their uh, their uh, their their fears have been borne out. Daryl Henderson with a rib injury for the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and this is honestly, in terms of the health issues, 
I mean, I, I don't want to get take lock, but this is a bit of confirmation bias. Rib injuries are extremely difficult to prognosticate when you're a running back getting smashed every yeah. play. I mean, injuries are going to happen. Contusions are going to happen. Bruises are going to happen. I mean, you're just going to get nicked up. And um, like you saw with Tua, and we'll talk about him later, these can be extremely painful. Same thing. So essentially, the, the deal with Daryl Henderson is is very similar to what it is with, for example, Amari Cooper. But because of his physical demands, because of his functional demands, he's going to be having to get hit you know, every time that he's on the field, essentially either in pass pro or if he's taking, taking snaps and, and taking handoffs. So that's an issue for a running back. I went back and I looked from 2016 through 2020, the different uh, running backs that were re- fantasy relevant ish. I tried to stay as fantasy relevant as possible. And what I found is that they, they lose about 1.4 games per player. It's not a massive sample, right? So we got Cam Akers, Kareem Hunt, Kalen Balaj, what a name, huh? Uh, Damian Williams, Bo Scarborough, Chris Thompson, LaShawn McCoy, um, Ty Montgomery, Fat Rob, if you remember Fat Rob, uh, Burkhead, Damian Williams, Spencer Ware, all of these players all added up to average about 1.4 missed games. And the mode, right? So if we go back to regular, you know, basic statistics, the, or the, the most amount of games missed was one. Okay. So considering they're going to, quote, check in with Daryl Henderson on Friday, and we know this is a really painful injury. I would be a little surprised if he's out there. And if he is out there, I'd be surprised if they gave him a full workload. So another dude that's extremely volatile coming off a ribs injury. Yeah. And this is one of those where just from a fantasy perspective, you know, uh, if I have Daryl Henderson, I kind of hope they sit him like just make the decision for me. You know, actually, the funny part is in every season long league where I have Henderson, I also happen to have Michelle one accidentally and one on purpose. So, (laughs) yeah, like it's just. Um, just got uh, kind of in that regard, but I would just rather they sit them and and make the decision for me because Henderson's been good for fantasy. So like you know you don't want to sit them and you don't want to you know take those points out of your lineup. But man, I, I could see a six carry for seventeen yard performance and you know a yep. guy who's in a lot of pain. Um, but let's just stick with the trend because this is a big rib week. Maybe it was telling me what I should be cooking up this week. <laughs> but uh, uh, Tua Tungavailoa, uh, he has a rib injury. He left the action for Miami. Um, Jacoby Brissett comes in and gets shut out by the Bills. Uh, anything different for Tua based on what you saw in video? Any comments that you've interpreted? Yeah, so it was a brutal hit, right? Uh, it's definitely something that they did say that Tua's x-rays were negative. So that's good. The bad thing is, this is probably the worst comment we've seen of all these guys from week two. Yeah. The comments out of Miami were that he's in, quote, in a great deal of pain. So a quarterback can take a Toradol shot or a lidocaine shot. They can put on a flak jacket, but and, and they can play. They can. But, I mean, it's another one of those things that anytime you're throwing a ball, I don't know how much, you, uh, how much you've read into thoracic rotation, Joe. I don't know if you read uh, a lot about it. Let me tell you something, Edwin. You know, before I go to bed, I'm, I'm trying to uh-huh, exercise uh-huh. my mind. Thoracic yeah. rotation is, yes. is usually so right on the that, that's top mid That's mid-back rotation. So how much your mid-back rotates and moves through a range of motion, which will inherently stress the joints of the ribs. And when you have a ribs injury, that is not fun to do. So considering he's still in a lot of pain, and considering that he, you know, this is going to be a fresh injury, it's not a big of a sample for players, for quarterbacks specifically since 2016 with the ribs injury. You have Deshaun Kaiser who played. You have Jay Cutler who missed a game. Uh, Josh McCown didn't miss a game. Big Ben didn't miss a game. Drew Locke didn't miss a game. So, I mean, the odds are in Tua's favor in, the- in theory. But the fact that they're saying he's in so much pain really does concern me. Another guy that if he is active, which there's a chance, I, th- I think there's about a, 
and this is totally anecdotal here. I think there's about a 50% chance Tua still plays, but yeah. he's not a guy that I'm looking looking to start. I don't think he's going to, he's not going to be 100%. He's not a guy I'm looking to start when he is 100%. Exactly. So, I mean, like, I mean, he's not a strong armed guy. You know, I, I like, I can just imagine, you know, things could go downhill quickly for Miami if he gets in there. Um, let's go back to another wide receiver who suffered an injury. And I think, I mean, if you're in the business of calling something, I guess pat on your back. It, it, it is a little macabre when you call an injury correctly because, but it is football and you were, seems to be spot on Edwin with Jarvis Landry. Uh, you thought this was going to be based on history. Um, I don't know if you saw it on video, but based on history, you thought this was going to be a two to three week MCL injury. And it turns out that's probably what it is. Yeah. So when you look at the traditional MCL injury, the best literature we have available is from soccer. I try not to use video in term to, to sort of bucket something in for severity. But if we know what the injury is and we know that it, it knocked a player out of the game, then we know at least the ballpark what's going to go down. And based on this massive study of like 300 soccer players, we saw that the return to play, the average return to play was about 23 days or two to three weeks. And so soccer is really similar to football in the sense of cutting and pivoting. So we can use that as a marker for what we are going to um what we're going to expect from Jarvis Landry. They haven't put him on the short-term IR. At least I haven't seen it. I don't know if you have. But, you know, there's a chance he could be back by the third week. So what would that be? He could be back by week five. Um, I would. This is a very similar injury to Nick Chubbs. Nick Chubb was out for about three weeks, obviously. Uh, and then they had the bye week. So positional demands are a little different. I think I think Landry could be back by week five. But that would be the soonest that you could expect. Yeah, to be back. I don't. I don't see uh, IR yet. I don't think they put him on IR. I think teams like remember it took uh, it took Denver a couple of days to put Jerry Judy on IR. I right. think you're you're just evaluating your options. Even though I'm sure Denver knew Judy had to go on IR. I don't know if that's the case with Jarvis Landry here. Um, I, Jarvis Landry, by the way, obviously is a uh, uh, he's a pretty he's a pretty animated guy. Um, he goes. He tweeted out. Uh, this was yesterday at about noon Eastern. Every time I put this brace on. Somebody going to have to pay for it in the near future. <laughs> he is he is mad about having to play with a brace on, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's the type of guy who I feel like will be back sooner rather than later. Just again, anecdotally, but based on his personality and his play style, absolutely. I think yeah. it, I think he can do it. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get to some more quarterbacks. Uh, Carson Wentz. Um, every year, man, just like uh, <laughs> nobody's going to count count out his toughness. You know, he comes out, he sprains his ankle, they pull him out, and he was like, I've probably sprained my ankle about a hundred times, he said. Um, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, there was a tweet where he said this, I'm paraphrasing the tweet, but I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I probably sprained my ankle about a hundred times. That doesn't sound good, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, he says, uh, this one was just different. I couldn't play through it. And then reports come out yesterday, which was Monday the 20th, that he sprained both his ankles. Mm-hmm. Um Remember, Edwin, that the Colts have incentive to sit Carson Wentz because of the snap threshold. And also, they're already off to an 0-2 start. So that first-round pick that could potentially be going to Philadelphia is looking juicier and juicier. Um, That might play into it. But from a purely medical standpoint, what's your opinion here? Yeah, this is a really tough uh, situation to decipher. So I did go back and watch this one on video. Dude, first of all, the Colts could not protect Wentz whatsoever on Sunday. At least, at least it appeared to be when I would click in and out of this game. Um, it, it looked like Carson Wentz was constantly running for his life, trying to make something happen. And sometimes I feel like Wentz should just 
just just spike the ball. Like, just throw it out of bounds. Do something. He, he just constantly is trying to make something happen. You should uh, go we, on Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio. They've been yelling <laughs> that for about four years. <laughs> Yo, throw the ball away. Take the. And I mean, like, well, honestly, on the play where he got hurt, he should have taken the fucking sack, man. Like, right. just go down. Like, uh, his, I don't know it, if you can coach that out of him. And in his defense, I wouldn't want to get sacked by Aaron Donald either. But I mean, pick 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 your poison. You're either going to be yeah. running away and getting your arm thrown off like like Aaron Donald did, or you're going to get crushed by him. So I don't know. It's it's a tough thing. But yeah, I, I agree that he at some point he just needs to give it up. And one of the ankle injuries that he has is a high ankle sprain. So these high ankle sprains for quarterbacks are a little less scary. But if he's dealing with you know a lateral sprain on one one side, which I didn't necessarily see, and a high ankle sprain on the other side. Yeah, there's no real good reason for the Colts at this point to throw him out there. Uh, if you think of 2019 Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan did miss one game with a high ankle sprain. That might have been uh, a similar severity because Wentz didn't come in and finish. I know they said, oh, he could have came in and finished the game. Yeah. And, I, and I understand, you know, that he was actually trying to. I mean, he was getting taped on the sideline, trying to bounce around on that ankle. It just wasn't happening. Um I do think that he sits just based on what you said and medically speaking, based on the fact yeah. that he has two high ankle sprains. and. And if he does play a dude who tries to scramble around and make something happen, this is not I mean, it's like like we said with Tua, this is not not a guy you're going to try to start anyway, I don't think. But in super deep leagues, uh, now that his mobility, which is like half of his skill set is gone, I'm not going to start Carson Wentz, even if he's active. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, his his numbers haven't been good anyway for fantasy purposes. But yeah, this is I mean, there's there's mitigating factors here when it comes to Carson Wentz. And, you know, if he's immobile, uh, I mean, it things aren't good you know if Carson Wentz is mobile so okay let's go to another quarterback who you think has a high ankle sprain that's Derek Carr who uh correct me if I'm wrong I believe is the NFL's leading passer through two weeks yeah I think he is I think you're right about that which is I, I don't know I was a little surprised for, obviously he had that MVP year but I was shocked that, that Derek Carr is making this comeback is Gruden sharp because I can't tell no I feel here's like the thing man everybody acts like Gruden is stupid <laughs> And, like, I wonder if Gruden almost buys into it, but, like, from an actual coaching perspective, like, I, I'm impressed a lot of the times, and I think a lot of the problems that he has had in, and not saying he's not part of the problem, but a lot of the problems Gruden has had in Vegas and Oakland have been kind of personnel-related issues. Like, I mean, he is not nearly uh, the biggest problem with the Raiders, I don't think. No, no, not at all. And, and I do think that... It's weird because he almost like begrudgingly does it. Like, remember that time that he I don't even remember what game it was, but he came out and and was like, yeah, we had to come out and show those nerds that we could pass the ball. Like he does it begrudgingly. Like, it's kind of weird. Anyway, Derek Carr. So what happened to Derek Carr was five minutes left in the third quarter. He got rolled up on after he let go of a pass. Same high ankle mechanism. uh, Same that we saw with Carson Wentz. And he did finish the game. So that definitely is something that is working in Carr's favor. He was very hobbled. Even after he threw that deep ball to Ruggs, uh, he was sort of hobbling over to the sideline. Uh, and he was obviously playing through pain. So he, But even though he was able to finish, it's still s- something to monitor when Gruden calls him questionable. Because when I read this quote from Gruden who said that Carr is questionable, and Josh Jacobs, we'll talk about a little bit later, is, quote, very questionable, I hear Derek Carr might play. And Josh Jacobs is definitely not playing. That's what I heard. So I think that this is an actual sort of situation where we're going to have to be monitoring the practice reports and monitoring monitoring the reports out of uh, Las Vegas. But yeah, it's if he's active, he was able to play through the fourth quarter. So I actually would consider 
still playing Derek Carr in this scenario. I mean, he's he ha- he didn't really need that much mobility to begin with, but just understand if you do start ter- Derek Carr, if he is active, yeah. that his volatility is is pretty is moderate at best. And by the way, yeah, I mean, it, I knew he was the NFL's leading passer. Uh, he has eight seventeen. No other quarterback even has seven hundred. So he's the NFL's leading passer by a wide margin. Um, they haven't been able to run the ball, of course, and that will bring us to Josh Jacobs, who. Um, we saw him out there. We talked about him last week. We saw him out there uh, on on Sunday Night Football, or excuse me, the opening Monday Night Football, and he just didn't look right. Um, what do you see from Josh Jacobs? Yeah, Josh Jacobs, when he had the ankle injury and played through it, or the toe injury, I'm sorry, and played through it week one, it was sort of an issue to begin with. You could see it right away. And then they shut him down pretty quickly early in the week. And it sounds like I mentioned earlier, like Gruden is calling him saying that he's very questionable, which to me just means he's not going to play. So I don't know what that means for that backfield, man. I don't know what that backfield honestly even ended up shaking out to look like at the I know Peyton Barber was out there. I know Drake was out there, Um, but don't expect for Josh Jacobs to be out there. And this could Josh Jacobs. We might not see Josh Jacobs again until like week uh, five honestly at this point so I, just sit them down man you're two and oh exactly um, this is a team that's that's passing the ball exceptionally well as we talked about um one more well i guess it's one more situation to talk about but it involves multiple injuries the 49ers backfield uh they are rivaling the Dear ravens Lord. here and the only th- difference is the the severity is less the 49ers across the board banged up jamichael hasty you think has a high ankle sprain um, obviously Trey Sermon has a concussion. Um, we know about Raheem Mostert. He's out for the season. Jeff Wilson isn't back until midseason. And Elijah Mitchell, the last man standing, lost a touchdown and injured his shoulder on the same play. Uh, a bloodbath out there in the Bay Area. Oh, dude, just absolutely brutal. So the reason that uh, Mitchell was actually able to finish the game was probably less because he was feeling up to it and more so because they just ran out of dudes to take snaps unless you're going to put, yeah. you know, use check back there. So I'm not entirely sure on Elijah Mitchell, the starters uh, sort of situation right now, because they haven't said much. I know that he was able to finish the game like and Shanahan said they were going to get an MRI. So he had a stinger. And Joe, what happens with the stinger is that you get it's just blunt force, basically head on with another, you know, 250 pound mammoth of, of of muscle and what happens is that the it's going to sound brutal and it it is the yeah. spinal cord gets very very i don't want to say spinal cord because it's not like a big spinal cord injury but what happens is that the the nerves that are coming from your neck and your shoulder they get compressed from a big blunt trauma and that sends zingers down your arm that's what a stinger is yeah. so they want to make sure that there's not anything with this mri they want to make sure there's not any sort of obvious you know structural damage or or very very inflamed structures that are left in the area and if there aren't then Mitchell should be good to go and in most situations I would say oh he's you know he might have some you know limited work but at this point he's going to be probably the only dude out there I think it was Adam Schefter confirmed Michael Hasty yeah. has a high ankle sprain he's not going to be out there and when you consider Trey Sermon and you look at the concussion numbers right so there's this uh, I did the study from 2016 to 2020 looking at skill players and how many games they will miss on average from if it's their first documented concussion. And so the number of uh, the percentage of players who miss games after their first concussion is 42%. That's one game. The amount of players who miss no time, so zero games, is also 42%. The amount of players who miss two games is 12%, and then the three plus is 5%. 
the mean for these players is 0.86, so right under a game, and the median is one. So basically, all these what do all these numbers mean? Essentially, it's a coin toss at this point for Sermon, if he'll be out there. Yeah. We don't know, um, and we will have to monitor his practice reports. The physiology and the, the pathophysiology of concussions is extremely complex. Every player responds differently. You saw how DeAndre Swift responded last week. He was, you know, he had post-concussion syndrome for about a month. Um, and and everybody's going to respond differently. So depending on how Sermon responds to the concussion protocol every day is really going to determine his status. And right now we can't say whether he's going to be active or not. And if he is active, I mean, I have him in a couple. I have him in a couple leagues because it's. I mean, he, this was not how this was supposed to go. No. So I'm. I'm not. I mean, I'm probably going to look elsewhere, even though uh, he might have an uptick in in touches if he's out there. But he's he's extremely volatile at this point. All right, Edwin, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, just a laundry list of injuries here. I don't think many of them are particularly serious right now, uh, but we're going to have some guys who are missing some time. Follow him on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. Check out his injury insights on FantasyPoints.com. Dr. Edwin Porras, uh, I know you're uh, you're uh, currently between gigs through of no fault of your own. You are just being a lazy piece of crap, so all you have to do <laughs> is, uh, is is analyze injuries for us. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe. And just to let the people know, I didn't get fired or laid off or anything. I took time away. Uh, I don't. I don't need any sympathy. So nobody sent any sympathy. Moment. This is me willingly being a piece of crap and just tweeting out injuries and and shit posts. Um, and I'm I'm excited about it, man. It's fun. All right, Evan. Thanks so much, uh, everybody. Um, obviously, uh, Tom Brawley will be uh, joining us in a little bit for the Waiver Wire podcast. But first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome back, and it's time for part two of the podcast. This is the waiver wire section of the podcast here at FantasyPoints.com. We don't do the waiver wire live stream for premium subscribers at FantasyPoints.com, Tom, because that's because we do something a lot cooler. We do, on Tuesday nights, we do a projections live stream where we literally go game by game and are like, guys, we need to have this guy high. We need to have this guy low. This is a really tough matchup. Um, in and out, things like that. It's just uh, it's a really cool live stream at 8 p.m. Eastern for premium subscribers at FantasyPoints.com. Make sure you go to the site. Subscribe with 21 Brawley 10 You know, maybe you're 0-2. You need a little pick-me-up. Maybe you're 2-0, and you just want to run away from the field. FantasyPoints.com will help you do that. And when you're a premium subscriber, you get into our premium Discord chat. And Tom, that's where you are on Tuesdays answering Discord questions. Should I drop this guy? Um, I hate fab questions because all it takes is one guy in your league to blow it up. Um, But uh, you'll answer fab questions. Uh, should I hold this guy? You're in there on Tuesdays answering those questions. Yeah, it's, we're recording this in the AM on Tuesday. I've, uh, you know, I've already been answering questions. They're, 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 they're coming in there. So yeah, just drop them in there. I'm not gonna like sit in there all day, but uh, you yeah. know, I'll be uh, starting to write up our game hubs and uh, I'll jump in there like every hour, knock out you know a dozen quite you know whatever's in there, and uh, you know I'll come back a little bit later and uh, we'll be doing that. So. Uh, enjoy, um, enjoy, I enjoy that and, uh, enjoyed the, the first projections, uh, live stream there. Uh, can you make me a promise though tonight, Joe? We, we spent like 20 minutes on the Thursday night game last week. Oh. Was, can we spend about two to three minutes on this week's Thursday night game? With I hate this and, week's <laughs> yeah. Thursday night. Uh, uh, I hate this week's Thursday night game. So yeah, let's uh, not spend a lot of time on it tonight. Uh, yeah, Davis Mills versus Sam Darnold. Yeah, let's uh, let, let get the hot and ready's ready for that one. <laughs> All right, Tom, let's talk waiver wire here, week number two. Um, and the big one here, even though I think in most sharp leagues he's not available, we need to touch on it. 
And uh, Edwin and I did not talk about Andy Dalton's injury on the injury section of the podcast, but it's being called a bone bruise. Uh, A bone bruise sounds benign, Edwin says, but he he says bone contusion is the same thing, and that sounds less benign, and they're very painful. Um, He would be surprised if Dalton plays through it. Now, apparently the Bears say, no, Dalton might be the starter, you know, when he's healthy. Yeah, if Justin Fields comes out and puts up 25 fantasy points, Tom, that's not going to be the case. Justin Fields will continue to be the starter. Um, I'm okay firing up Justin Fields uh, as an upside QB1 this week, Tom, uh, with the assumption Andy Dalton doesn't play. Yeah, we're, we're expecting him to run a little bit. He he ran 10 times for 31 yards in his first appearance there. He came in a uh, tough spot, you know, uh, you know, it was about mid, I think it was in the second quarter there that he came in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it didn't look great as a passer, uh, you know, overall, you know, average 4.6 yards per attempt there. and A couple of bad drops. Allen Robinson dropped a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have, you know, his receivers didn't help him out there. But, uh, you know, if he gets the full week to prepare here, uh, you know, he should be in a better spot. And, uh, you know, you know, they'll come in with into the game with more, you know, I would think more design runs and, uh, you know, kind of get him ready. Uh, you know, give the Browns some different looks here this week. And we saw Tyrod Taylor, you know, have some success. Uh, you know, he's a mobile guy, and he scored a rushing touchdown against this Browns defense last week. So, uh, you know, just looking ahead a little bit, um, you know, if it is, hopefully, you know, we're, we're hoping, you know, that this is, uh, you know, for the rest of the season or at least for the next, you know, several weeks, he's got a matchup with the, the Lions coming up uh, in week four and the uh, the Raiders potentially in week five. And uh, the Raiders have been an over team here since last year. So uh, potentially some you know spots yeah. where he can put up some fantasy production over the next three weeks. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if Justin Fields is out there and you are in any way, in any need of a quarterback, I mean, hell, even if you aren't um, and you have somebody who you're willing to drop just to get that leverage, I'm okay, Tom, picking up a high upside quarterback in season for one of your dead bench spots. Um for potential trade leverage it's during the draft when you draft two of them that I think it's stupid but let's just let's just say that you know Justin Fields is a viable quarterback Tom there are other viable quarterbacks out there though uh we talked Derek Carr with Edwin um maybe not the best option this week uh Edwin thinks he's dealing with a high ankle sprain and they got a tougher matchup with the Dolphins this week um Sam Darnold uh Thursday night against the Texans I mean he's put up numbers so far Look, I'm not trying to tell you that the guy is is the next great quarterback, but I mean, it's it's arguably the best two game stretch of Darnold's career thus far. Yeah, and you know, you, you touched on the slate there. It's got he's got Houston this week, and you know, a potential shootout against the the Cowboys. You know, anytime you're playing the Cowboys, there's some chance for mm-hmm. some points, except for last week, whenever uh, the Chargers couldn't couldn't uh, muster more than 17 points despite like punting once. But uh, that's another story. But uh, Darnold has you know played. Very well here so far. Uh, he has a, he's ha- had a really strong connection here with DJ Moore. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's back to being a 30-touch-per-game a guy and uh, a major factor in the passing game. Um, hasn't really even gotten Robbie Anderson going. He's been out in the field, uh, you know, scored the, the long touchdown pass in week one, but uh, he's been relatively quiet I'll, I'll otherwise. So uh, it feels like there is still some untapped potential in this passing game. Uh, maybe it comes out in the next couple of weeks, but uh, you know this is this is going to be a good spot against the Texans defense this week on a uh, on a, on a short week here. Uh, they're they're pretty big favorites, uh, eight points and and rising here going against Davis Mills. So uh, potential spot to 
maybe get, you know, two to three passing touchdowns here and uh, get him inside that top 15 of the quarterback position this week. Teddy Bridgewater, um, uh, he's got uh, a great matchup with the Jets this week. He's the current uh, 11, uh, QB 11 uh, for for fantasy. Uh, He's got the Jets this weekend. You know, Baltimore in week four. I think that's not a good matchup, but Baltimore's been giving up points here thus far, though, to two high-scoring teams in in Kansas City and uh, the Raiders. Yeah, and the Jets uh, is a great matchup this week. They're favored by 11 points in that game, and, uh, you know, they've rolled over, you know, two relatively easy opponents in the Giants and the Jaguars so far this season. Uh, And, you know, the big development coming out of Week 2 was uh, Cortland Sutton stepping up, uh, you know, with Jerry Judy out of the lineup. Um, you know, he, he looked like, you know, his old self there, uh, of course missed all of last season with the ACL injury, but, uh, you know, he, 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 uh, he was flashing some of that old ability and, uh, maybe they're unlocking him here and, uh, you know, it, you know, we love his receiving core, you know, Noah Fant is, you know, Mr. Steady at tight end and, uh, hasn't really got it going with KJ Hamler, you know, the, they had the, uh, locker room narrative there last week, uh, you know, they're sharing, you know, he pulled him over they, they're, they got lockers, you know, touching each other now, yeah. but didn't quite work out. Uh, you know, he had him uh, open for a long touchdown, but, um, you know, in week one and in week two, I think he had, you know, a step or two on a defender. and uh, They couldn't quite connect, but, uh, you know, everything is pointing up right now for this Denver Broncos team. They're, uh, you know, 2-0 and uh, and, you know, one of the big surprise, you know, not a big surprise, you know, two games they should have won, but uh, I think the overall vibes for the, the Denver Broncos right now are, or pointing straight up with Teddy's strong play through the first two weeks. Uh, all right, Tom, let's go to some running backs. There are more quarterback options, but check out the waiver wire article at fantasypoints.com. It is a massive treatise of, of waiver wire options. Let's start with a guy who is most likely available in your league. Uh, that's core Daryl Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Tom, despite Mike Davis getting relative bell cow usage, Cordero Patterson has outgained him and has outproduced him for fantasy through two through two games. I think he's looked better, and you know maybe maybe he's just being buoyed by the two touchdowns while Mike Davis has none. But Cordero Patterson is somebody who potentially could have some standalone value here. Uh, Arthur Smith is using him as a weapon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's been much more than kind of that gadget player, uh, you know, special teams ace that. Uh, his career is kind of settled into, uh, you know, after, you know, he was a first round pick, you know, this guy isn't, exa- you know, he's, he's loaded with talent. It's just, uh, just unlocking it here. He, he hasn't really gotten the chances, but uh, Arthur Smith seems, uh, you know, ready to do it here. I mean, the Panthers, I mean, the Panthers, the uh, Falcons, uh, it's not like they have a ton of options behind Calvin Ridley and uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, Russell Gage is, you know, just a guy and, uh, you know, Mike Davis is just a guy at running back in front of him here. So it uh, feels like they're going to, he's going to be like game planned in here now. They're, they're going to generate, you know, uh, you know, eight to 10 touches for him every game. Um, you know, a guy that's, you know, also kind of under owned is like James White. Uh, you know, I kind of almost view him, you know, as potentially a similar type of player. Maybe, maybe he gets a few more carries, uh, but you know, he, he has some upside here and, uh, you know, there's a, at least an outside chance that, you know, he could unseat Mike Davis at some point. Maybe it's more of a, a 50-50. Yeah, I don't know if he's totally going to go away, but uh, I could see this, you know, maybe a couple weeks down the road that maybe this is more of a 50-50 split instead of, uh, you know, it's kind of a, 
66-33% split right now with Mike Davis. So uh, there's some upside here uh, for his role to grow going forward. Yeah, and and the the one thing that just makes this uh, uh, unappealing to me is that 84 is a terrible running back number. <laughs> just awful. Like, you can wear any, anything, anything else, man, but 84, ugh. Uh, one guy we need to touch on, Tom, who is maybe if you're in a shallower league is out there, um, but it, 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 on Yahoo, he's rostered in 60% of leagues, so don't hold your breath, is Sony Michelle. Um, I, I don't think we need to make the case very – uh, aggressively here, there's a reason he's rostered in 60% of leagues. Yeah, and we saw uh, Daryl Henderson go down with the rib injury in week two. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those. We're going to, I have a feeling we'll find out maybe Saturday night with a uh, Adam Schefter tweet if, uh, you know, he's going to be, you know, it, it's a pain tolerance issue when it, when it comes to rib issues. So, uh, you know, him and two are probably going to be the same kind of boat. So, we might not know what their statuses are until Saturday night, Sunday morning, um, you know, just how much they're going to endure here. So it's a big game. It is. It, you know, they're playing the Buccaneers. Um, I could see them wanting to, you know, I could see Henderson wanting to suit up for that game. But, you know, if he's unable to, I think that's a 4 o'clock game, unfortunately, you know, out there in the, out there yeah. in the West Coast on the, uh, the prime uh, 4 p.m. game there with the Buccaneers. But, um, you know, Michelle, I mean, he could be, he could be, I, I know he's fresh to the offense and he's just kind of learning it here, but uh, it's just kind of Jake Funk behind him. Uh, you know, he could be looking at, you know, potentially 75, 75% of the snaps if, if Henderson is unable to go. So, you know, he's kind of a no brainer Adam. If, you know, Henderson is unable to go, you play him. Um, you know, we, we also are kind of in the same boat with Alexander Madison this week. Yeah. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook is, you know, picked up an ankle injury at the end of that game. Uh, if he's unable to go, you want to have Madison stashed on your bench ready to play. Uh, the other guy is Tony Pollard. You know, he's he's not – it's not an injury situation with him, but uh, he's frankly outplayed Zeke uh, over the last season plus here, and uh, he's earning a bigger role in that offense. So, uh, But he's more of a, you know, stash and maybe flex him. But, uh, yeah, and obviously uh, he's he's rostered in a higher percentage of leagues uh, as well, like fifty three percent. So yeah. uh, I, I think he's he's uh, not available in most leagues. Uh, hey, Tom, Thrive Fantasy is a daily for- fantasy sports and esports app for player props. You want to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season with Thrive? You can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes who have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. You hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 3 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. And new users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS, all capital letters, when you sign up and will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Google Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. And then tune into the Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today edwin wanted me to mix into the podcast tom that it is fields season justin Fields season i think uh edwin's excited about him he does not anticipate that justin fields uh that andy dalton will start this week darnell mooney 
He's looked pretty good. He had a bad drop from Justin Fields, Tom, in week two. But, you know, they haven't had a whole lot of reps together. Um, He's played a ton of snaps thus far. Just 45% of leagues he's rostered in. And you can make the argument he's looked better than Allen Robinson so far. Yeah, it's been a slow go for for Allen Robinson. And, yeah, Moody's the kind of, you know, the undisputed number two receiver here. Um, you know, we touched on Fields' schedule upcoming after, uh, you know, it's not the easiest matchup against the Browns here. Um, you know, maybe a, maybe a, he, maybe he's a flex option this week, uh, in a tougher matchup against the Browns, but, uh, you want to have him put away for maybe those weeks four and five matchups against the, the Lions and Raiders, uh, two exploitable matchups. So, uh, he's trending upward here and, you know, he's kind of the, the deep threat in this offense and, uh, that's one area where Fields has, uh, you know, certainly uh, thrived in the past at Ohio State and uh, even during the preseason. So uh, you you would you could you could definitely see Mooney, uh, you know, having an expanded role here going forward if Justin Fields is in the lineup. One guy I have been just enthralled by for his production on a relatively low snap and route share. Tom is Rondale Moore of Arizona, but the way I look at it is. If he's going to keep producing these big time numbers on low snap and route shares, why wouldn't his snaps and routes go up? Yeah, uh, I, I think it will. I mean, uh, AJ Green has looked pretty pedestrian still, you know, through the first couple weeks of the season. Um, you know, and if there's any kind of injury in front of him, uh, you know, he's certainly uh, going to have a bigger role. So, uh, but even if he doesn't, you know that you know they're going four wide. You know they're they're spreading the ball out more. You know Kyler Murray Murray's playing at a very high level. Uh, they want to spread the you know they want to spread the field here. So uh, even if he is sticking around that fifty percent mark, uh, you know he's kind of a player they generate touches for. And uh, you know we saw kind of Larry Fitzgerald in that role last year, but he couldn't do anything after the catch. So. Uh, Moore's, uh, you know, much, much better suited for this spot in Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's offense. And, you know, his, his role is only going to continue to grow here. And he's made some big plays right out of the gates. So definitely an upside ad, you know, only, a you know, he's a widely available, about 33% owned in Yahoo leagues. So uh, a lot of 12 person leagues, uh, he's probably out there on your waiver wire. So time to stash him yeah. now. Uh, maybe that role will grow even more here in the next couple of weeks. Tom, it's been a, a fun uh, couple of weeks here. I know the waiver wire is taking its toll on you already. You <laughs> write the whole thing. You update it every week. Uh, it, it, it is it is a lot of work, but it's important work because this is where fantasy leagues are won. And Can if I you want access, one, Joe, one last. Uh, you always do this, I uh, and it's well, becoming I... a tradition. Well, yeah, it's I dropped a... a terrible one last week. I think it was MBS, and he, you know. He did have the – he could have caught two or three touchdown passes last yeah. night. Ron, you know. Well, Rodgers actually made some bad throws to him. Yeah, yeah I know. That was – he threw five incompletions, and I think three of them were on, were on overthrows to MBS yeah. for potential touchdowns. But a guy that's near and dear to our hearts, old Penn Stater, Pat, Pat Fryermuth in Pittsburgh, keep okay. an eye out on him. He kind of – he o- already overtook Ebron in terms of snaps and routes run last week. Uh, you know, caught four passes for 36 yards, so – you're looking for a deeper tight end stash. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's ugly right now for Ben Rosberg. He can't push the ball downfield at all. Uh, you know, Fryermuth is going to be a guy that's, you know, in that underneath to intermediate area here. So uh, definitely a guy to 
stash away if you're playing in a deeper league. So I, did, I just want to drop one little... No, that's fine. I'd like, like to drop one little one in there, so... <laughs> All right, well, that's good. Um, Tom will be answering questions in in our subscriber Discord today. I'll be in, in and out throughout the week as well. Uh, we got Graham Barfield in there on, on, on Wednesdays and Thursdays for Start Sit. Um, and we, we're kind of building a nice community in that Discord. We have a couple of channels in there now, Tom. You know, you can get notifications whenever we have um, a news item that we want to push out to the people. We're not, we're not going to overload your news feed, but we're going to provide analysis on high-impact news items, uh, items that we think are going to have an impact on fantasy. So we have a channel there for those kind of push notifications. we got a channel for when our articles come out. Those are available to premium subscribers at fantasypoints.com, as is the Tuesday night pop, uh, uh, live stream, the projections live stream, uh, where we basically go through every game and talk early matchups and start formulating our opinions for the week. That'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night. You go to fantasypoints.com, use the code 21 Brawley 10 and I guarantee you, you will not regret it. For Tom Brawley at Tom Brawley on Twitter, I am Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. Remember to follow Edwin on Twitter as well at FB Injury Doc. This has been the Week 3 Waiver Wire Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.